we are back for another episode of unboxing the hobby stock we made it we haven't been canceled yet we are back it's been a surprising um, run but yes we're here still thanks guys we're still here still here but no super excited uh we actually have two guests today which is a little bit different so we've never had four total in the podcast so it should be a good time so we've got we kind of have Justin. two guests they what? look very similar we kind of have two guests they look very similar so yeah. we might oh, have two yeah. you get one <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So we've got Ryan and Justin from California Rojo uh, here on the pod with us. So all four of us are now here, three and a half, however you want to consider it stock. Yeah. But uh, super pumped to have you all. Thanks for calling in. Of course. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. Ha- we're happy to be here. We've uh, we've known stock for, shoot, a couple years now, I, I think, or almost yeah. years. So it's been uh, as soon as he said he's, he's got something going on, we're like, yeah, put us on the list. We'd be we'd be happy to jump on. How yeah. far are you all from each other, by the way? Oh, us? six and a half probably hours drive yeah it's a bit it's a bit of a drive yeah california geography obviously living on the east coast i'm like oh yeah it's all close right it's over there yeah well it seems northern stock would be what we call southern california so yeah two two totally different sections yeah listen i'm out of everyone that when i first when we first excuse me mac and i first started this idea of doing this podcast you guys immediately came to mind i've known these brothers for (laughs) like you said two years now um met them on on loop uh they were only breaking on loop because they were still getting the, sh- the shop up and running and all this stuff and before we get too far into the weeds here they are two of the most like really passionate and good people in the hobby and i you could tell right away it was like these people i had no qualms of breaking boxes and having them send them to me there was no ever any worry about that it was always from there but with that, fellas, um, give us a little bit of a backstory about you guys. Like, what what got you into the hobby, and what got you to this point today of running your own shop in in Sonoma? Yeah, so it's it, it's it's funny you mentioned the the positivity. I think that's something that we hold uh, near and dear to ourselves, and not not just because that's the image that we want to put off, but I think it's it's the way that we enjoy the space. Right, the space can be very the space being the hobby can can be very um, negative sometimes, and I think that since the beginning, I mean, which is for us, I think where we really started collecting cards. For me, it was like 2013. For Justin, it was 2014. Mm-hmm. Uh, doing it was was you know it was an outlet. It was something that made us happy, and so like doing it to to be like while being happy was something that uh, really stood out and something that we we've you know kind of sworn to ourselves we'll never let go of and the day that that is you know that that's gone is the day we need to move on to something else but it's uh don't worry we're it's very far from then but um <laughs> like I say, breaking news they're leaving the it was hot. going dark quickly By i was like way, wait are we, are we not happening anymore yeah <laughs> existential crisis no but uh I, I would say that that's it's it's interesting because i feel like a lot of people get into it for the the business side of it and it's it it for us uh, at least for me personally it felt like we were so passionate and so drawn to it that that's kind of what got us into the business side of it. it's what got uh jimmy our our boss is kind of what alerted him to us he saw the passion saw the energy and was like you know, I, he's like, I don't care if these guys know how to run a shop or not. I want to run my shop. Like, let's do it. And so it was uh, less of a Justin and I reaching out being like, hey, like we, you know, we really got to do this and more of us just doing it as a hobby, doing it for fun. And then, uh, you know, some doors opening because of that. And I think that that's something that, you know, if I was just getting into the hobby, I would I would look at that and be like, man, like, OK, that's that's how I want to do it. Like, that's, you know, that's 
definitely at least at least my take. That's a very abbreviated take on it, but that's my take on it. So yeah. And uh, Justin, is that your take on it as well? Yeah, I mean, he pr pretty much nailed it on the head. I mean, I think um, you know we're c coming up on ten years, or if not ten years, in the hobby, um, you know, t together, and and it's one of those things where when we when we did start uh roadshow it's it's we we have been you know having uh collections growing and and social media followings and stuff and really doing this you know just slowly and steady i mean in in college we worked for a shop in arizona called showtime cards um and then when we moved from arizona to sonoma uh we got oh, back to sonoma or back right, back to yeah. sonoma yeah we got in pretty close with a, a couple shops in uh you know the sonoma Napa area and just that connection of, of always being around the hobby, even though um, I, like uh, you saw in the, the article, like I have a background in museum studies, he's a background in wine, but always being in, in the hobby simultaneously, um, I think was, was a, a, a very good, I don't want to say like choice almost for yeah. us <clears throat> because we had always stayed focused on our, eventual career goals but at the same time extremely focused on the hobby at the same yeah. time yeah because it, like it's to my point earlier it's, we didn't get this just by being happy but we got this like like there's a lot of networking a lot of buying and selling going to shows trading like flying around the country doing that stuff like also and but doing it with the you know with positivity and and uh genuine uh genuality i guess uh at the, at the forefront of it so yeah. you, you two it seem way good. smarter than me so yeah i think you would know i don't have no idea if that's correct yeah. or not. I'll figure it out if you end. had said it more confidently i would have just gone with it yeah like, exactly <laughs> how you say that yeah being, yeah. being genuine yeah what's, what's so interesting though is as y'all mentioned your backgrounds i think both of your backgrounds though are so uh relevant to the world of cards because like for instance I've got, I've got a buddy that's really big into wine and has a wine collection it's not that different from the stuff we do in the card world, to be honest. I mean, he has hundreds of bottles. He It's all categorized. I mean, he's doing a lot of the same stuff yeah. I'm doing. Behind this wall, this wall is literally, this is a big refrigerator of with wine in it behind me. So. The next podcast you're hosting, and we're going to do it there. <laughs> I'll, I'll, show, I'll show you after we're done. It'll be cool. So you touched on something for a second, and this is one of, another one of the things that amazes me about you guys is you mentioned um, networking and relationships. And so anybody that doesn't know, these two gentlemen have some of the most insane network of people that they have the ability just to chat with or occasionally meet with. And obviously, we'll touch on uh, Jimmy's how you got in with Jimmy and met him because it's a, a big person in our in our hobby. And the the creator of Roadshow is 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 not unknown in our hobby. But <laughs> these guys uh, have met through a crazy story, which I have to have you tell Steph Curry. And they actually have full conversations with Steph. Um, yeah. I know that they somehow go to a lot of Coldplay concerts and yeah. have like really close conversations with the lead singer of Coldplay. Yeah. I got backstage a couple weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> so Didn't it, expect that. It, yeah. It is insane. And it's obviously a testament to you guys, but before we'll talk about the Curry story later, which is really great. Um, but how did you meet Jimmy? Jimmy Mahan, right? I always think I pronounce his name last name wrong, but um, how did you guys get in touch with him and then get into this whole collaboration with him? Yeah. Uh, so uh, before we really got into Instagram and all that, uh, we we started our hobby journey on Twitter. Uh, thanks to Ryan here. He's like, you know, you got to get on Twitter, Jess. You got to check this out. So 
we grew a Twitter following and, and kind of made like a, a core group of buddies there. And um, shout out to our buddy, Old Dirty Mooch on Twitter. One day he comes around and he says, hey, I want to get all you guys together. You know, we're good friends. Let's get a hobby roundtable going. And uh, we're going to have a little podcast and call it Cardboard. This is during this is during um, 2020 as well. So yeah. it was okay. like everyone was, was cooped up and needing a, a way to uh, feel community. So I think it was eight of us or nine of us that yeah. got that got together and we started doing a uh, kind of similar to this just like a hobby round table we would we'd all buy each other wax and like send it to each other and then we'd rip it on screen and do like a like all sorts of different um things like we do like raffle drawings where and then like, different challenges and then the next yeah. person would have to do the challenge next week or the different things like that but basically that was around the same time so 2020 i had just graduated um he was in with doc horn at the time and so we were doing that, but the hobby was also starting to boom, right? So then we had a few people uh, offer us, oh, could you build a portfolio for me? Just even here locally, just through word of mouth. I mean, even some of our parents' friends were like, hey, tell me more, tell me more. Uh, hey, if I financed a shop for you guys, could we split equity and this and that? And so we're like, these are all really interesting questions. And, and obviously we've now seen what the hobby can do uh, up to that point. Yeah. And I think, I think it came from at one point, <laughs> Justin, like, not just like throw a bunch of numbers out there, but Justin made like $40,000 in a week, like by flipping two cards and <laughs> well, which well, cards, they, were they cards by chance? I had a, um, uh, the Steph Curry one-on-one, which I pulled in the car uh, on elite, <laughs> elite release day. That's actually a funny story in of itself because Jimmy was like, hey, let's let's go. He, we were in Sonoma looking at shop locations and stuff. And he says, let's go to uh, another local shop, um, the Strike Zone, Petaluma. And it's Elite Release Day. It's also All-Star Weekend. So let's start. Let's get a couple boxes of Elite, go home, and we'll watch the All-Star game together. It's a great idea. Halfway home, in the, in the middle of just like the valley, Jimmy, I hear the pack ripping kind of I go, I thought we were waiting until the game. And he goes, oh, no, I can't wait anymore. I said, oh, whatever. So I'm in the back seat. It was like the second pack, um, the Curry Nebula 101. And um, I ended up, I don't think I've ever really said this publicly, but I ended up selling that for $18,500, which was, I mean, that was pretty crazy. Um, and then the other one was a, a Ronaldo um, 101 that I had um, that exploded <laughs> during the um the soccer boom, which yeah. was right when that all started. Um, yeah, that was those those two cards. Uh, uh, first one I flew to Kansas City and the second one I flew to Miami for. And that was like, again, within like a, a, less than a month it tops. And it was just like, oh, my gosh, this is this is real. You know, this is this is like I can sell cards for forty thousand dollars a piece. Yeah. 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 This is this is real. So I think that deal came after, but there was like a few obviously smaller deals than that beforehand that our, our mom and, and ever the people were taking notice of and just like, okay, let's do this. And so after a while, we're like, okay, these are, you know, maybe we do need to consider these as viable career options. And, you know, these people are offering us stuff. We don't be, you know, be a disservice to not look into it. So we called the one guy that we wanted advice from, which was Jimmy. And uh, we're like, I, I think I just, I didn't have his personal number yet. So I just called the shop. I was like, hey, is Jimmy Mahan there yet? And he's, he's and, and David, who, who has his phone, he's like, he's like, well, who is it? And he's like, he's like, he's here depending on who it is. And I was like, I'm like, it's Ryan. And he's like, just tell him it's Ryan. He goes, ah. And so it took a second, but I got Jimmy on the phone. And then, uh, yeah, he's, he's like, hey, that, he's like, that, that all sounds good and dandy. Why don't we, uh, why don't we get you out here? We'll talk about it in person. 
And uh, we're like, okay, what do you think? And he's, he's like, well, if I buy you tickets, can you, can you fly out tomorrow? <laughs> and we're just like, sure, yeah. So next thing you know, we're on a plane to, to uh, Kentucky. And then we get there. We, we don't talk about our shop at all. Really cards and like, yeah, any, like anything. And then just, like, just have a great time. <laughs> yeah. yeah so within 30 minutes he's like he's like let's work together like, let's do this let's you know and so it was uh it was really fun and just kind of a uh, whirlwind and a a question you don't say no to right really flipped our lives on our head in one day too but like we didn't even consider with our parents or consult or anything like that beforehand when jimmy's like oh what do you guys think We're like yeah that sounds great we'll work it all all the details out later but we're in and then Wait, so uh, what, what year was this this was uh, 21. Yeah, 2021. Early 2021, like February. Yeah. That's crazy. That's awesome. You know, so obviously, so I was kind of felt like I was like semi along for the ride with you guys because from the time that started to when you guys kind of came to fruition, I was on loop a lot of these times with them seeing like the shop and hearing about the shop. And I was always, you could hear their excitement building. But obviously, you guys went from 2020, 2021, huge market boom. And yeah. then 2022-ish hits and the market starts to do what everyone knew at, or assumed it would start to do, pull back a little bit. Was there any, any ever any times that you were like, are we doing the right thing? Like This isn't fun opening anymore. A, opening a brick and mortar, <laughs> opening a brick and mortar shop, you know, is that, was that ever like a thought in your head? So uh, definitely, definitely little things here and there of like, oh, wow, the Michael Jordan rookie card was worth 600,000 and now it's only worth 200. Like just realizing those huge, those you know, dif differences and then settlements, but then having somebody like Jimmy, I, I distinctly remember, and he's always said this, the first line he always says, well, cards have been around since 1888 or whatever. And, and they, they survived the great depression. You know, they survived all the, all the world wars. They survived all the stuff. You know, any any economy cards are still there. It's just in the approach and the capacity that you take. So in certain economies, you take different approaches. In this one, you take this. So as long as you are prepared, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket per se. You know, oh, if high dollar cards are moving, we'll invest in high dollar cards. But then we also have low dollar cards. If something were to happen to that market, then we have this up just to be a nice mix of vintage and modern. He really, really set us up with the the mindset and even the, the, the cards and the structure to combat that really. Yeah. Uh, especially so, during that time. So no, no, yeah, no. I don't think we're, <laughs> That's good. We're, we're crushing it. We never even thought about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I've, and I've thought about that in, you know, I don't know if Mac, I know you've Mac has been doing a lot more traveling lately. He got into the hobby and all of a sudden is going from, card show to card show and like getting in the car and driving seven hours to go see card collector yeah. too and all this stuff which is amazing I, I wish i had the the extra time to do all this stuff but um i in my short dealings with people here like you know robert at burbank and a couple of my lcs's these guys have all been around for a long time so i think that you guys are in that right mindset of knowing that yeah the card boom was great and it made people yeah. a lot of money but there's still a market. And I say that to people all the time that wonder why I'm still buying and selling cards right now. And I'm like, cause there's still a market. I may not be able to sell a, a Luca base card for four <laughs> figures anymore, but I can still sell it for a decent amount if I get the right, right purchase price. So, and I think yeah. it's like any financial market. I mean, you want to just keep buying and selling. You don't want to just like cash out at the low and then you've kind of missed the opportunity for it to, you know, go back up. And I think that's where to your point, I mean, it's, 
I think we, I think it's human nature, the whole idea of like collecting and wanting to have some, you know, as the world gets more digital, having these tangible assets. I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's like they say too, goats and grails, right? That's as long as you focus on those two, it's like you're, there's always going to be a market. And so as long as you stick to your percentage and things, it's like the yeah. odds of those tanking is very low. So. Well, I think what Stock said is really interesting about Luca base prisms too, is that was a huge market adjustment for base cards, right? Like um, we were looking at, what was it? Kawhi Leonard's prism the other day selling for $1,500 in a PSA 10 or something, <laughs> something crazy like that. And I'm like, yeah. that it's not sustainable. So it's just having the ability to, look at those trends. How common is this? Will I ever see this again? You know, how many of them are out there? That's when like pop control or like not pop control. That's a whole other thing. But uh, pop reports and all that became really, really interesting. And, and oh, okay. The red, white and blue prism is a pop 60, but the base is a pop, you know, a thousand. So I'd rather put my money into something that has less of a, pop. you know, those kind of market trends and analysis, I think were really, really interesting to watch unfold in real time. And yeah. I think it's the I think it's the biggest pitfall for new collectors coming to the hobby is not being aware of pop counts and understanding. I mean, it, everyone's familiar with the the whole idea of scarcity, but I don't think they yeah. really understand it coming to the hobby and realize those are things that are published. You can look them up and mm -hmm. use that right. as a bit of a guide to your point. I think what, one thing we've been talking a lot about lately, too, is and and not that we're panicking at all for like the the market per se, but it's more of a just a general insight would be vintage and understanding that the grade is the scarcity. And so like, it's almost like the grade is the serial number. Right. And so trying to figure out, okay, the pop, if there's, you know, 10 or less of these. Okay. And just trying to figure out versus like, okay, it's serial numbered and it's graded. It's like, so now you have two X the risk in modern versus you do vintage because it's, it's, yeah, I don't know. You could expand on that how, how you please, but it's, it's been fun yeah. and eye-opening me for me, especially once the, the shop started. Because Sonoma is kind of a, they call it, you know, a lot of people retire there. It's a little bit of an older uh, clientele. And so we the the I would say probably 60% of what we get brought into our store, if not even higher, is is vintage. And I'm talking like 70s and, and earlier too. And I mean, people obviously bring in a lot of 80s, 90s baseball cards, but like yeah. the yeah. stuff that we actually like buy and and do deals for tends to be more, more a lot more vintage than than modern. And so it's been fun learning about it and learning about how to uh, minimize risk. I'm sure. It's a different and world from my understanding. I, I, vintage is a world I very rarely get into because I feel like it is yeah. so different than you know, I'm in more of the modern stuff. Yeah. With that, so you guys obviously, you know, owning your own shop and running your own business at this point, where with the way the the current state of the hobby is in, is there one way that you're is there one thing that you're trying to pick up more now to sell other than others? Like is are your focus vintage right now? I mean obviously you're still selling trying to sell to your customers boxes of new stuff and that's always going to be there but is there something that you're focusing more on as the owners of the shop now to purchase um so i, I think that's a that's a great question um and and definitely everyone's going to have a different answer i think my answer might even be different than ryan's at this point sure. um but from my perspective i think what we've learned in these last three almost four months now is that there are different markets that we need to be aware of and buying and selling for at the same time because we travel so much, because we have a website, because we have Loop, and then we also have the store now, it's, uh, you're almost buying for different clientele at this point sure. to where, okay, I, I think um, for the store's pr purpose, 
that you said local stuff. Like yeah. he, he well, goes, I, was like, I, I told Justin, I said, yeah. if you go to the show and you have someone selling a hundred Buster Posey autos, buy them. Like, like it doesn't, it, there's no, there's no such thing as too much of a good thing. Right. And so trying to understand that and not be like, okay, I need the most liquid QBs I can find. No, yeah. you, need, you need the guys that people know and love and that, that they want it because they collect, not because they're coming in and checking comps and, and, and beating you up over the price. Like, yeah. yeah. So, and so Brock I think Purdy and Buster Posey are better for the shop. But then there's also the okay the Dallas shows coming up what November second that uh, yeah, our, those our focus QBs, needs right? to be on those those liquid QBs it's it's the middle of football season and then it's also transitioning to the next one okay so the next big show after that's going to be Burbank in February or even Dallas um, oh wait, I don't know right, if it's January or March yeah, but, but then it's okay what can I pick up now to then you know at a good price maybe move before then and generate some more flow before the next show but then it's you know, there's also different ones. Is there different types of wax we should be looking for for loop? Is there stuff that's not moving on loop that we can take to, to a show and get cash for so then we can reinvest? Um, I, that's definitely been the biggest eye opener. But yeah, local local stuff for the shop um, ten, tends to be lower value too. Um, as far okay. as walk-ins, you know, anything over $500, I, I say that the chance of somebody walking in off the street and saying, wow, that LeBron <laughs> PSA 10 rookie refractor is amazing. Let me, let me get out 10 grand. You know, it's just, it's not the right approach. So that would be the kind of thing where we would want to sell online or yeah. set up a deal to do yeah, it. I mean, it's, it's, it's in the name. It's a local card shop. So it's like, you're, yeah. you know, you're trying to buy and sell to locals. You're not, it's not a huge giant network, you know? So it's, yeah. Once you learn who your regulars are and you, okay, we've got one guy who comes in, spends a thousand bucks every two weeks. Okay. You know, ask him what he wants. How can we curate it? How can we best make him happy with his purchases? And then the kids that come in, they say, I got three bucks. Okay. So yeah. how do we, you know, when we go to shows, like we have the, them in mind, like, okay, what can we buy that they, they can walk out of there after they spent three bucks and be like, man, that was a great deal. Like I, yeah, I, I, I want to Three dollars. I get. I got thirty Kawhi Leonard Prism base cards. Right, yeah, right. That's worth about three dollars. Well, no, like, <laughs> one of my favorite purchases we've had so far. We had someone buy eighty fifty cent cards, and it was like for forty bucks. And I was like, they sat there for two hours, bought all these Pokemon cards. And I was like, you, you know, you bought eighty Pokemon cards for fifty cents. And I was like, I gave him, I gave him a, you know, a better. It ended up coming out with like thirty five cents a card or whatever. But like, you know, gave him a good deal. But I was like, man, that's like that's what that's for. It's like. You know, yes, they sit there for a while, but like, you know, every once in a while, you 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 have these people that come in, and it's and that's you know, and she's like, this is great. I'm gonna come back and do this all the time. I'm like, perfect, let's do it. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go to shows and try to buy more fifty cent Pokemon cards. Like, Wait, I have to say, kudos to you all for kind of understanding your clientele. I, I have to admit, I've been in a card shop before where I felt like the people working there didn't really even try to build a connection with me. And to your point, once you know what those people want, you can start kind of curating what you're buying. But if you're not building those connections and those relationships, I, I just don't understand how you make it as a shop. Yeah. Well, and it also makes it fun for us too. I mean, That's obviously awesome. like I, I love the, the human connection. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Oh, you're fine. Yeah. Um, some of my favorite things and Ryan, Ryan tells me this all the time. Like I, we have some customers that are, they'd be loud and energetic and I go, please let me take this. Yeah. I'm dying to go out there and match that energy. Yeah. And I'm like, I'll, I'll just, I'll answer the phones. Yeah. If someone calls, I'll do that. Like, please. And thank you. <laughs> <laughs> like, they'll walk in you guys won't effing believe what have this I, I go dude tell me tell me let me hear all about it. like 
I just all this stuff yeah. and it's you can't it's really, you can't beat the energy in a card shop i i just yeah. think that's half the reason i go in there i'm like i may yeah. buy something but i just want to hang out here and see what happens yeah, yeah. The, and, and get those personalities it's just been great the best part about it is like i only met these guys through their voices and it took me maybe two streams to realize who was who really quickly because it was very easy to realize like like Justin would always come in and be like, Hey, what's happening? <laughs> and Ryan was just like, Hey, what's going on? <laughs> and and at no point in time was it like, is either one to me, like, uh, does it turn me off in regards to like buying or anything or chatting? It's just, you can just definitely tell the difference between the two, two brothers. And it's yeah. just, it's great. But uh, I think it yeah. works really well in, in person too, because there are customers that they, they don't want to, you know, talk to someone who's going to match their energy. They want to, they want to get in there and they want to be, they want to be transactional, right? They're like, okay, here, here's what I want. Here's what I want. And I'm like, great, come over here. Let me just, yeah, no emotion here. You're good. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. you guys talked, you guys talked about it before and I think it's a big thing to always touch on in regards to like, <clears throat> you know, I made a transition in my life, like later on in regards to into acting. And, and this is the reason I actually love the hobby so much is I wanted to find something I was passionate about. And it's, it's as cliche as it sounds, as long as if you're doing something you're passionate and love, you'll never work a day in your life. And right. now that you guys have this versus what you guys knew were possibilities, you know, working as a curator, working in, in the wine world, do you, is there any ounce of you that looks back and thinks like, what if, or are you guys just in love every day with your shop? Oh no! I absolutely look back all the time because I the it's my my wife actually she works for the company I work for now. Once once I left, she I I like told her I said this is this company is amazing. Like and she was at a point too where she she was doing um you know acting and she was like uh, helping with stage uh, development for like concert tours that came to town, and it was it was a good gig. But it's just like the people she didn't like people, and so I was like look listen these these like I was there for for nine months like out of college was there for nine months I got a, you know. A, quite a few promotions in the time. I was like, there's a lot of room to grow. This is great. And so she ended up working there. And so it's like, I, I definitely miss it. And it's, it's, uh, you know, cause she's a constant reminder of it, but, but and especially cause she, she's doing very well now too. It's like, it's, so it's very rewarding, but it's, it's also, I definitely, definitely miss it. Sure. Yeah. I, th I think, I think for me, I'm, I've, I've never been happier. I mean, obviously, you know, you've seen all the, all the travels and stuff. I mean, I'm having a blast. This is, yeah. this is really is a dream. But at the at the same time now, like I do look back of like, oh man, even getting my master's degree, like we would go to different museums and they would put us down in their collection storage, and we I just remember like there was this one I, I was in a conservation um, class, which is like when something is damaged or whatever, you 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 go to a conservator and they will work on the item and get it either presentable for storage or presentable for display. And we had like this marble statue of the mother Mary from like 400 BC. And I was just like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to let you guys like dust it off a little bit. And it's just like the hands-on thing like that. And then the next week I was at the, the Cal Academy and they had this big, big meteorite thing, just massive, like 200 pound meteorite. And like, yeah, this is out past the Kuiper belt that just flew in and they found it in the ocean. I was like, <laughs> it was really cool or the I, I don't know it's just all, all kinds of stories they're like i went to the ichthology department which is the fish department yeah. of the of the de young and this guy's got his hand he's like pick a jar right and and, and like uh, so somebody walks down and picks up and you ever see nemo with those guys the what's the, the angler fish with the big oh yeah yeah, yeah they're like that one so he, un, he unscrews the jar pulls it out and he's like here look at this look at this 
with its like teeth. He's like, yeah, this this fish died in the year 1851. And just, <laughs> <laughs> so you all both came from like really interesting careers. Like actually yeah. all three of y'all come from like super interesting careers. So I can see where yeah. there's probably a little bit of, I don't want to say like, you think you made the wrong decision or anything, but it's like, you're like, no. yeah, there were some cool experiences you, you missed. Yeah. And I think that's a natural thing. I think with like what you said though, Mac, at the start, it's like the wine is collectible. Wine is community and, and things like that. And so I have been able, to, I'm in the very rare boat where my job, my hobby became my job. And then now my job is my hobby. And so it's, it's a fun flip. And I, I definitely, uh, I think without it would be a lot harder for me to exist uh, in, in the sports world, but it's, it's don't get me wrong. I, I I'm living with the dream job, right? Like I, I'm extremely thankful for this job, but I think being able to have wine and be in Napa is like, it's so, uh, yeah, it, it's very fulfilling as I, well. So I am uh, curious. Cause I think we all are kind of our own little, little card shops, if you will, where all of us are like selling on eBay and, you know, we got a card shows and stuff like that, but we're all working on the jobs. So I'm curious as you all have kind of made this transition full time, what is kind of, what was the big like learning as you got into it full time? Like, big realization of like oh god this is you know this is real now like you know it probably you look at it a little bit differently when it's you know that's you know your your livelihood at this point so i was just curious if there was like a moment when you all were like oh yeah this is hey this is this is real yeah so you mean like a moment where you like stop romanticizing it and, and yeah see it yeah, we're kind see of it as like a day job kind of thing yeah yeah um i i don't know i feel like that's that quite i don't know if that's quite happened yet i definitely I definitely think, um, I mean, we, we're at the shop six days a week for the most part, unless one of us has something going on, then we'll, you know, we'll switch and cover and stuff like that. But it's like, I think that being there has, uh, at least in our situation is unique. Cause like, like stock was saying, it took a long time to open this store. And so I think we're still, I mean, three months in, I'm still on the part. I'm just like, I just can't believe like it's, it's done. We're, we're here, here. Yeah. like we're let's, living, let's, living the dream. We're living the dream. Yeah. For at least for now. Yeah. And, uh, but I mean, to your point though, we are a lot more tired than we used to be six, six days a week is a lot. And then, you know, we get there early, we leave late. And so it's, it's definitely a lot, but it's, um, it's, I mean, we're young. It's, it's exactly what I want to be doing right now. So. It's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I have a small answer. I mean, for, small. for, for, for that, I mean, or like a, a, something to add. Sure. Um, it would be, there's been instances in the shop and, and, and on the things where I have to remember which side of the counter I'm on, right? I'm doing this as a business. And as much as I want to give you X amount of dollars, I can't. And there has been a lot of, of learning in that where I go to card shows and buy something and they go, hey, it's a cool card. It's a good buy. But was it, you know, you spent $300 on this and, you know, we're going to hope to get, you know, 320 right? Was it worth, was it worth all the work to do that for $20? And then there'll be some where there have been, Oh, it looked like such a good buy in the moment. And then we end up buying it or, or and then we lose money. Um, where so I think you're, you're talking about buying, like buying cards more as a, uh, like as strictly a, resale versus, uh, collective objective, completely yeah. objective about yeah. it. I, I think yeah. I'd have a really hard time with that. I, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. been the biggest like learning curve for the shop as has just been like, okay, as, as much as I love, you know, X, Y, and Z, it might not be the best buy right now or, or, Oh, I, I think this is going to go, or I think this is going down. Like I should like, don't go off of things, go off of concrete answers, right? Don't buy it because you think it's going to go up Buy it because you know that you can, what you're buying it at is a, is a reasonable amount for you to move it on to the next part. Right. Mm -hmm. you, there's not a whole mm -hmm. lot of investing 
done. I mean, obviously personally and, and stuff on the side for sure. Like I can invest in my own people and things like that. But when it comes to the bottom line, it's not one of those things that I want to really mess around a whole ton with. Yeah. <laughs> can we talk about for a second that Justin's used to, is at some point touched like something from 400 BC and then also is dealing with like not associated patches now in current, yeah. his current job. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I love that pop. so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, cool. I, uh, I was just dusting off a four, uh, 400 BC yeah. meteorite the other day. No big deal. But uh, this patch isn't from anything meaningful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This, uh, you see the new Alan and Ginters where it's like, this is a genuine piece of a musical instrument. Yeah. <laughs> It's so funny. <laughs> You're like, oh, okay, just a one, just the a yeah, musical so, instrument. Yeah, okay. a, this, this is a, a genuine piece of a ukulele. Wow! <laughs> I've decided that check. We did it, guys. We did by it. Third graders. Yeah. Uh, um, so uh, we before I forget about it, you. So these these two gentlemen are also detectives. Uh, there's a really great Curry story that's embedded in their lives. If, I don't even know where to begin with it, so I'm just going to let you tell the story and how it happened. But they what? found a piece of hardware that was Steph Curry's that he desperately wanted back. And what? So, go ahead. All right. So uh, this was this was last year. Um, I was on an app called OfferUp, and I messaged a guy who had some uh, just some regular cards, just Curry cards. And I was like, hey, I like I think he had like 12 of them for sale. And I was like, hey, you know, uh, shoot me a price for all of them. Um, so I, and I saw, I was like, see, I haven't been active on here in a while. If, if uh, you know, email works best, just shoot me an email. And then like seven months later, I get, e get an email and be like, hey, are you still interested in these cards? And uh, I was like, yeah, 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 why not? You know, and, and uh, so he, I was like, yeah, I was like, you know, we worked on a price and stuff. We Because he, he was like 30 minutes away. And so we met up um, and there and then just started, you know, swapping stories kind of similar to this. And he's like, wow, you're a, you're a big Curry fan. Like you're, you're really in this. And I was like, oh, he like one of the best. Yeah, one of the biggest Curry fans. And uh, he's like, I've got, I've got something special. Like I've got, something, <laughs> I've got something crazy. Right. And I was just like, I was like, okay, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so he showed me a picture on his phone and he's like, yeah, this is, this was Steph's trophy when he broke the, uh, or when he had the um, free, best free throw percentage in the 17, 18 season. And uh, I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. I, I, like, I didn't know what the trophy looked like. Like, I didn't know how to authenticate it. I was just like, oh, that's cool. And he, he's like, yeah, well, he's like, it, it belongs with you. Like, you're, you know, you're a big Curry guy. He's like, I, I you know, I don't care about Steph Curry. Like, I just, I, you know, I'm, I want to make some money. And I was like, okay, great. And so I, time goes by I didn't I didn't really think much about it. And then I was like, you know what, maybe I should reach out to someone close to, to Steph just to make sure that if that is legit, then we, you know, obviously it needs to get back to him. And uh, I'd be doing myself a just, you know, my fandom a disservice if I didn't follow through this. And so uh, reached out and um, yeah, it turns out he was missing it. And so uh, arranged to get it back to him. I, I, I messaged the guy again. I was like, hey, definitely interested. You know, what do you want for it? And um, he didn't didn't end up getting back to me for like another two weeks. And I was like, Sh like I, sh I missed my shot. And you know, I started getting like all this regret and stuff. And then he ended up uh, reaching out. We, we settled on a, on a price that was um, in, in, in my eyes, you know, very affordable. And it was like, this is great. You know, he gave, he gave me a good deal. I told him I was giving it back to Stefan too. I was like, yeah, he's, he's going to get it back. And he's like, okay, great. Yeah. And he's like, you know, I obviously want to make some money. Like, so, but it, it was a, it was a, a very to gouge you or anything like that. No, not at all. Not at all. And so it was very nice. And, um, was able to get it back to him and um you know he asked what can i is there, is there something i can do for you 
And uh, at the time, I didn't think to ask for a game-worn jersey, which is something I really, really want eventually. I'm, I was, so hopefully down the line that'll happen. But I, I was just about to have my bachelor party, and I was like, hey, I'm bringing you know, nine guys here in a, in a couple weeks for my bachelor party. Is there a way that um, you know, we can surprise them and you, you, just, you meet all of them and, and uh, you know, they'll come down to the court for a picture or something? He go, oh, that's, you know, he's like, that, that's super easy. So we able to get some passes, go down to the court. And uh, from, my, from my bachelor party, we we went from uh, Aisha's restaurant to, uh, where they they like they set us up there, too. And they treated us like king. It was it, the whole yeah. the whole thing was the whole day was unbelievable. And then we went there and then, uh, yeah, Steph like saw he, he saw Justin. And I, he's like dabbing us up, like give us a big hug yeah. and then like goes down the line. Like, oh, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Did your friend just lo- did, so your friends had no idea this was happening. They, no, I, I told him something special was going to happen. So then they I mean, they they knew through him through, yeah but i thought yeah. you'd be like, like if i was one of your friends i'd be like oh i thought you were getting me like a t-shirt or something like, <laughs> we're gonna be no, no, I, 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 I had to i had to tell him basically like hey we're going down there and you know whatever happens you guys need to be like super professional because this is like this is Play this cool so just yeah. i said you know i said i don't care if steph curry comes up whatever happens be be cool and then obviously he you know came over and so they they were they all did great no one was crazy and uh and it, it was a very very cool like five five to ten minutes he, he took a, a second to sign stuff for 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 all, yeah, all, every, all yeah every, everyone got an auto cool. everyone got a picture it was it was really really cool so it's my amazing. my biggest regret in life or i'll say top 10 i was in college when steph curry was at davidson i went to a small school in his conference i went to wofford yeah and he played at wofford one night and our our stadium was it's a school of 1600 kids it's like a basketball oh, yeah, like yeah. school yeah. stadium for some reason, I didn't go to the game that night. I have oh, no idea what I was doing. It probably wasn't interesting, but I missed the chance to watch him. His, I think it was like his when he started being good and at Davidson. I oh, missed it. Area. Yeah, I and probably didn't <laughs> do anything interesting. And I just to this day still kicking myself. Well, come on out to Chase Center one day. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go to a game. Hundred <laughs> percent. Oh yeah, no, we should. I, I still need to get out there. That's. We said this invitation to stock. Uh, you know, a. A's game, not I almost said Raiders. A's Giants, you know, let's let's do it. Anything. Yeah, I, I will. I'm definitely setting something up. I'm gonna be up there. I don't. I don't know if you guys were on the recording or on the stream when I told. I think I might just told Mikey. I'll, I'm gonna actually be up there for my sister's wedding this weekend. So this uh, weekend. Yeah. It's, oh. uh Yeah. 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 Like very. That's not much notice, Doc. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, they're going to be working at the shop. So, I, listen, I'm with my two kids, my wife, and my my family. I have no idea. It's up in Healdsburg, so I have no idea how how easily I'll be able oh. to navigate yeah, myself. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. That's, easy, that's not easy. too far. I say yeah. I'm going to be gone on the the eighth, but if you come by, yeah, by Friday or Saturday, that'd be awesome. It would definitely be Friday or Saturday. So I'm gonna try and get everyone to. I I, I think yeah. I can. Okay, my wife can just be like, "Hey, I'm gonna swing in. We're gonna be there for like 15, 20 minutes. Say, I will. I at least want to see the shop. I haven't seen the shop. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. It looks amazing. I mean, whatever you need, we'll make time for you. What's nice is this wine country may be one of the easiest pitches I can make to my fiance for a card show experience. So I've got high hopes about this one. But see, in the the consideration, we we were because we were like, oh, should we do San Francisco? Should we do Sacramento? You know, we're we're like right in the middle. Should we do Fairfield? There's a big show in Fairfield. Like, should we do our shop there? And it just was like, no, we we got to do we got to do Sonoma. It's you know it's it's really interesting. So in just in this conversation, it's it's what I've found when I fell into the hobby during COVID, which we always talk about with different people. It's just it seems to be that's kind of the the thing that rings back for a lot of people. They got back into this because they had a lot of time on their hands in 2020. Um, 
but what I've found over the past like three years is this uh, is so much with community and networking and the people that are within it. Like I've met so many people through this than I have met through any other job or yeah. thing in my life, which is just crazy. The amount of people that you can, I mean, I, I have a podcast with Mac. He lives in Virginia and yeah. I've, you know, you've never, never met in person, actually. never met in person before. So the, the craziest thing too, is you can make meaningful relationships with people in this industry very quickly, because I think that if you understand cards and, and you meet someone who understands um, cause it's it, like not to go off on a whole branch here, but the, people always ask too, like, People that don't understand cards, they'll come to the shop and be like, okay, if I buy this, what do I do with it? And I'm like, I, I think it's less of what you do with it and more of like how you how it makes you feel. Because when you own it, you own something that draws you closer to either a person, an event, a team, a sport, something that makes you feel good, something that a memory, you, a memory, yeah, something you enjoy. And so it's like when you meet people that have that same understanding, you're like, oh, dude, we're we're on the same page yeah. here. Like it's yeah. it's really easy to make friends. And it's it's honestly, it's very very cool and, and like you said it, it's hard to find that in really any other industry the 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 idea of a pc as well having having a, a, a almost an identity behind the hobby as well like dude right now if i had to say it's stock and trade the first name that comes to mind is holland right <laughs> oh for sure like he's, he's yeah. my he, but, he's my major pc yeah it's like but but people have those their cars yeah yeah. yeah exactly like nice what, what, nice oh that's his uh salzburg ricky card yeah I just got it up in Ohio. I had to trade a, trade some good stuff for it, but it's the numbered uh, UCL one. Yeah. Oh, nice. sick, dude. That's sick. Yeah, but exactly. I mean, like, there you go. So it's you. You have the you have the story of the trade, or oh man, I had to give an arm and I like the like. It's there's oh, no matter what it is. That's one of my favorite things to do. Like looking through my PC is you 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 see the moments in time or the years or oh man, I I got this when I was in college when you know or I got oh I I. I have a card in my collection when I was accepted into, into school, I went around on eBay and I bought a card, you know, it's like <laughs> just yeah. different, yeah. different things. Shannon, it's Shannon always, uh, it's funny ahead, you but. say that. Cause that's kind of how stock and I got connected was we, like, I, I think we started noticing we were collecting a lot of the same things and yeah. started commenting each other's. And then we were just like, Hey, we should start creating content together. And yeah. it, <laughs> to your point, it really, once you, you know, if you find people that collect the same stuff, you, you kind of, assume they you know you have some commonalities in place i, I don't know I, I think it's really well said i never thought of it that way yeah i think there's, there's a lot to be said about when you meet someone who appreciates the time and energy you put into something whether it's cards or really anything because i, I think that's like to feel appreciated and to, to feel understood right off the bat is is crazy and so especially like collectors are serious like they put a lot of time and a lot of energy into it yeah. and so for people and for the hobby too, it's still pretty niche. It gets dismissed by ninety five percent of people. And so yeah. when you meet when you meet that five percent, and they like that, yeah, so dude, uh, you're you're crazy. I, I love it. Like I, I, I think, think that's, that's all a, it takes. It's a good we're all crazy blend that we yeah. that we've yeah. had. Um, I've I've always said you know I don't care what you collect, whether it's 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 bottle caps or oil cans, oil cans, old signs, whether it's old books. You know, it could be the most obscure thing in the world, but if you've put that time and that energy, you know, all I collect vintage teddy bears. That's, that's so cool. Like, you know, you, you collect what you find super interesting and you can tell me that like, oh yeah, this one is from, you know, this time Steif period. Bear, yeah. Stife bear with the thing in the ear that's from, you know, 30s. world war two or whatever. And yeah. it's, it's just all those different things. It's directly transmittable to all this. And I think is as humans, uh, 
And I use this quote in the article too. It's like collecting is a way for us to build a legacy for ourselves, whether we, rec whether we recognize that or not, right? We, we bring all this stuff in because we, we feel a connection to it. We feel that, that, that this has value, right? So there's a way of, of amassing your own personal value. I, I agree with that. And I think we've touched on this with a couple of interviews is what I've found is the, is the common thread is like you said, a large portion of people out there don't collect anything. Yeah. The, there's right. no part of them. So when you meet people like ourselves, that it doesn't matter where you, how, like whether you're extroverted or introverted, it's just this common line of like, of whether it's nostalgia or love of collecting something and you see it and you see someone's passion and you get excited for it. And I think it really does link us all in a really strange way, uh, yeah. which usually leads to good conversation at the very least. Oh, yeah. I, I've talked to people I, I wouldn't, you know, if you like you just you would never talk to. It's like unless you have that common out that common ground. So, yeah. you know, I feel comfortable but, talking to anybody in the entire room at a card show. Like, that's isn't that <laughs> yeah. great? Like, that's isn't funny. Crazy. One yeah, commonality. It's it's yeah. Yeah. You play? Yeah, exactly. It's the one thing. So speaking of collection, I got to ask you guys, I've never asked you this before. So you get one each, but your favorite card in your collection oh, currently. And I know you guys have a lot, so this might be hard, but I thought maybe maybe I won't be. And one of you guys is like, I got it. Well, I, I have I have a couple. Okay. The, the, one, the one obvious choice is, have you seen you've seen the shoe card that I have, the Curry, the, the one-on-one Immaculate? Yes, I have seen it. Yeah. And so I, I pulled that card. I feel like everyone and their mother's seen it. It's, it's like, that, that's, that is my baby. That's my, my number one card, but I think it's cause that that's from 20, I pulled it in 2015, 2014. Yeah. yeah so 2014 oh. immaculate and then pulled it in 2015. And it's like the one card that I feel like it just, what it represents makes it the number one card for me. Mm -hmm. um, I was, I was what, I think 18 at the time and it's, and, uh, or 19 and uh, being that young and, and collecting and what that card meant for me for so many years uh, makes it number one, but there's definitely some other like autos and like moments. Cause we have the, we went to the Curry's record breaking game yeah. and that, uh, that, so cards from that mean a lot to me too, because of where I was at in my life at that time. And, and the experience shared with him, all of that is represented in the cards. Uh, so there's definitely uh, a lot of favorites surrounding that. And Justin, you got, you got one, maybe two. Yeah, one. I, I definitely have two. I can definitely narrow it down to two. <laughs> probably. So my favorite card is probably Derek's gold prism uh, nine five ten. Derek um, Derek Carr, everybody. Just so you know, just I wasn't sure. I didn't know. Huge so. Derek Carr fan, uh, for, for better or worse. DC, yeah, yeah DC four. Uh, his twenty fourteen prism gold rookie autograph parallel. Um, which I bumped to a nine, five, 10. That's just one of those things when I started collecting was like, wow. Okay. I own my favorite players, gold prism in a perfect gem mint grade, you know, and it's just one of those things. I got that at the 2021 20, 20, yeah, national yeah, Chicago. Mm -hmm. uh, or no, uh, Atlantic city. That was 21 Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then that was just like, that moment was just so crazy to have that card um, and being one of his best cards too, it's a great card for me to hold on to. I feel like it's a, you know, investment too. They, they got to get it going. I got to give them that. They got to, <laughs> yeah, they got to figure out something. He's got to get healthy and they got to figure it yeah. out. But, uh, second, so that's the second card. And I was debating to say this, it's very silly, but I have a U Darvish one-on-one 
uh, from 2015 museum collection uh, that I pulled myself. It's the first card I ever graded as well. Um, this was back when we were at the uh, University of Arizona. Uh, again, me being a history guy, I've always, as soon as I got into college, like, yeah, I want a history degree and I'm going to do museums and all this and that. So it's from museum collection appropriately. <laughs> so appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. But this is the time where like the card shop was a few miles away and we would walk in the hundred degree heat to the shop to save to save money on like Ubers and stuff, just so we could spend the extra money at the, at the card shop. <laughs> and I, I remember walking in and just like super sweaty. And, and uh, so this is show, Showtime cards again. George is like, dude, you need a water or something like, you know, just, uh, as he's, I, he's sitting there dying. Give me a mini box yeah, of museum. Me, not a whole box. I just want a mini box. <laughs> and I was like, and it was 40 bucks. And I, I remember just pulling, pulling that, which was, I was the first one between the two of us to pull a one-on-one. And so having the opportunity to do that and just the memory associated with it and that, that jubilation behind it as well. Oh my God. Right. And then grading it, getting into an, into a nine, five, this first time I've ever graded a card. Um, that is like a cornerstone, not only of my collection but of my collection journey so that's definitely one of my favorite cards i have and it's you know it, it's worth 120 bucks or something yeah. like that I, i'll never ever sell that i was so like yeah if you have to keep you know a handful of cards or two cards where that would definitely be one of the ones i would keep that's awesome yeah and it's always that weird funny story of it. it's always something usually people pull in some way shape or form themselves that they really yeah. enjoy i have a couple cards just like that that they're mine. I pulled it. I, if I ever sell it, it would really take a lot for me to get rid of a specific card in one way. Tell me about one. Let's hear one. Uh, my favorite card. I have two. My first favorite card uh, currently is a Mbappe auto that I pulled. That like I didn't never thought that I would pull an Mbappe auto. The prism one, right? Yeah, prism one. And I was just I like, and it graded a nine five. I sent it in and graded yeah. a nine five. So I'm like. This thing is never going anywhere, you know, may, maybe so down the line, if it becomes a huge, he does what we think he's going to do. And I have the ability to sell it and it changes my life financially, then we'll talk about it. But if not, it's mine. And randomly, just because it's what I was looking for when we first started getting back into this and during COVID is um, a, if uh, <laughs> you've seen the the NBA hoops, Mendez brother uh, card. Yeah. Where the, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I ripped open a box of NBA hoops. because I was like, I found out this card existed and I was like, this is crazy. Cause I love pop culture cards like that. So I got it, graded it, it graded a nine, which was great for an NBA hoops card at the time. And I was like, this is never going anywhere. This is a yeah. $20 card, $40 card, maybe, but it's just something like that. that. Yeah. Especially for you living down there too. I feel like that card's a lot more relevant than it would be uh, up here. For sure. Yeah. And it's just, it's just those weird pop culture cards. I have a few of them in my thing of just like, they only mean something to me and a handful of other people, but like, I'm just yeah. like, these are really strange and, and I, fun. I love cards know? like that though. That's just like, you have the story behind it, something to do with like your, your childhood or whatever it is, but it, you know, it may not even be expensive card, but it's like, it doesn't matter. It's what you enjoy. Yeah. 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 So I've noticed something and we're going to slowly get this thing to, to get to the end and wrap up. But if you haven't, if you haven't chatted with anybody from the roadshow umbrella, they're all extremely good people, really nice. And and this is obviously why Ryan and Justin were picked to to run this shop. But I would be remiss to not talk about a third person in your shop, Mikey, who, yeah. who runs everything. And I, 
we've I've chat with him online all the time and then just uh, uh just dming each other about random dumb things now sure yeah how did you, how did you guys find mikey and bring him into the fold of your guys's shop now being there as he flew in from across the country so i mean so my, Mikey was interesting. He he used to work for um, not you guys probably know uh, Mojo Sports Jay. Mm-hmm. So he he uh, was the videographer uh, for Jay for a long time, which is about Jay only lives about fifty minutes from here. So we sure. we we know Jay usually when we go to big card shows, we'll take the same flights. So we go we know Jay for a long time. Yeah, and uh, so got to know Mikey through that. And then when uh, Jimbo, who works for Mike, will um, Mikey and Mojo, they they uh, I think just moved on from from their adventure together, and uh, so Mikey was looking for a job. Jimbo, who worked in Florida, doing because we had roadshow breaks for a while, where they would they would do online breaks and and loop breaks. They needed an extra hand. They told uh, they hired Mikey, and then once that got uh, dissolved, once more uh, the, the company the- was growing, certain things were shifted. We now have like a breaking central out of um, it, that's Kentucky, Kentucky that that they're sure. trying to build. So having just all that in Florida was like, no, let's build Jimmy built a headquarters and all that for, for the, for the growth of that. Um, and then yeah, basically they told Mikey, pick a shop. If you either, I said, you know, either, either you can, you know, you can leave and we can end it here or you can pick, you know, pick a shop and go work for them. Like we'd be happy to do that. And then uh, we were, we were starting, we were already doing loop and we're like, Hey, do we, we could use, you know, if Mikey knows loop. He's good at it. We, we could use his help. And he's, he's fits the, uh, the MO for, like you said, for character, for, yeah. personality and uh you know at, at the end of the day he's a great guy and that's that's you know you can't teach that so that's something we wanted on our trust team. something we yeah. wanted on our team uh, honesty all that stuff he's he's got it all and yeah. the, the i say we've been open three months he's three-time employee of the month yeah so, <laughs> crushed he did it. it he did yeah. it <laughs> yeah, yeah i know so sully's sully's upset the dog because he 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 uh he's been trying for employee of the month but if you, uh, <laughs> if you end up by putting a plaque up with a picture, just please put one, at least to give Sully the, the job. Yeah. One, one yeah. I told him the month, the month he doesn't eat base cards is the month he's employee of the month. So. <laughs> but the one thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, well, man, Mac, I don't know if you have anything else, but uh, I, I really enjoyed this. This has been good for me. No, this is this has been incredible. I, I love the story and I think it's uh, I can see the excitement and the passion you all still have for it, which I think making that jump, it'd be really easy, I feel like. And that's why I asked that question to be kind of bogged down the day to day. But I, I think it's just so cool. You all are still super pumped about it. I mean, keep keep that and hope hope it continues that way. Yeah, for Thank sure. You so much. Yeah, we're yeah, very but before, yeah, go ahead. Um, I would just say we're very excited, even with the, the start with those. Some Sometimes there'll be slow days and stuff. I'm I'm just so curious, like this time next year, what's it, what's it going to look like? You know, I'm very excited about what we're building. That's amazing. And uh, tell everyone, so how do we, how does anyone listening to this find you guys? Well, what's the, what like, where, where are they going to go? They can go to uh, Instagram, Twitter, or uh, our website is Roadshow Cards. I think that's a great place to start. Roadshowcards.com and it'll give you everything. So uh, I'm, I'm Ryan uh, on Instagram, Ryan's card vault is game use cards, Justin, and uh, yeah, Cali Roadshow Shop on uh, on IG is probably the best way to, to reach us. CA Roadshow on Twitter. Yeah, CA Roadshow. Beautiful. All right, guys. Thanks so much for your time. I know I'll talk to you again very, very soon, but uh, I appreciate you giving us this time. Always. You guys are awesome, man. Nice yeah, to meet you, you as well, Matt. Yeah, yeah. it's fun hanging out. Good to meet you all.